I'm your host, Bruce, and it's episode 126 tonight. Um, now, Lux is not able to join us. If he uh, gets free, he'll jump on when he gets when he gets a chance. Um, but it's good to know I'm not on my own tonight. I'm joined today on the line by one of the sneakiest players I know, the one, the only, none other than our very own Sneaky Pete. How are you tonight, Pete? Hey, don't wear it out. I'm doing great, man. It's always a pleasure uh, to be here with you and play games with you as well, so... Thank you Excellent. for having me. Good. It's, it's good to have. Now, how's 2023 treating you now that we're into the new year? I'm going to say it's the year of magic because uh, I've been playing a ton of magic the last few weeks being home for the holidays. So it's great to be in person playing in paper. And I have three LGSs by me in my local area. So lots of activity here. So Excellent. much going on. I am very, very pleased to hear that you're getting lots of games. In. I haven't had a chance to play very much at all, at least not in paper. I've had some chance to, to, to jam some arena the last couple of days. So uh, we'll have some things to talk about later on in the show. Um, but uh, we've got some housekeeping here first, Pete, and get, and then we'll launch ourselves right in. Because we've got, a, we've got a, busy, a busy show tonight because uh, we've been uh, kind of dark the last couple of weeks. So we had, went through the holidays. So anyway. Um, so folks, if you, as always, if you like what you hear on the show, you want to hear more, all of our back episodes are available at the Um, they are our home on the internet. Uh, they've been gracious enough to host us for most of the duration of, of the, of the cast existence. So if you want to check out what we, you know, what we said last year at this time where we had a guest on, we had a DDM, um, Mike from DDM gaming, come on and join us last year, early on in January, we have a, Another fantastic guest this 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 year. Um, you can go check that episode out right there and free of charge. It won't cost you a penny. Um, all, but I would have to say probably the best aspect of thelowestcouncil.com is access to their Discord, which is free of charge and is full of fantastic people who love to talk magic, have great ideas uh, for helping you brew that next deck you want to do or looking for budget options or alternatives. So come and check them out. Uh, use the link in the show notes to get access to the Discord and come on and join us. You won't be sad. Lux and I haunt it regularly. Pete's there too. You can find a lot of great other great people there too checking out what is going on at thelotuscouncil.com. All right. So tonight we have uh, three segments today. We're going to have our garbage or great as usual. Then we're going to launch ourselves into um, a couple of different topics as our main sort of... Uh, Mean of sort of thrust of the show, and then last but not least, we're going to have um, Pete do a little what I call show and tell, where he's brought himself a spicy brew that um, we'll we'll have the link to it in the show notes. And while it might look expensive, I promise you it isn't really because some of the cards have been proxied. So we'll talk about proxies today too. So lots of thoughts to talk about. All right, let's get on with our garbage or great tonight. So. Uh, we're going to have two tonight, audience. I actually need to go find the other one, um, which was... Uh, we'll do that one first, which is the Wildings, right? The Yeah, Words of Wilding. Words of Wilding. Two colorless and a green. It's an enchantment. Um, for one, the next time you would draw a card this turn, create a 2-2 green bear creature token instead. This card is from Onslaught. It's, it's a cycle. There's a black one as well that makes people discard... Um, there's a blue one. I forget what that one does. And then there's a white one, I believe, as well. But it is about four bucks right now. Three seventy. It's not that expensive. Three seventy six for a card that. Two seventy six. Nice. That is um, twenty years old. Yeah, 
And uh, I like this card, Bruce, because of the fact that a lot of people are playing Shouldered right now, the Apocalypse. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can get around the extra card draw. A lot of people are playing uh, Shios and the, um, the Spirit guy who makes you draw two extra cards a turn in uh, coupling with Shouldered. So it's nice to make bodies instead and beat them in the face for trying to punish you. Um, and I think we were talking about this earlier, uh, but you can combo off with this card a lot. There's several combos related to this card. And um, I like it because it creates a body that potentially you can trade up for later in a game, um, especially if you're unable to uh, find a creature or you're not playing a lot of creatures in your deck for some reason, although it's in green, you probably should be playing more creatures. Uh, this card has a lot of versatility. That's what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Now, if you're interested, folks, I mean, I, I'm no expert on how to break these cards, but if you go to uh, commanderspellbook.com, which is uh, a great resource for commander players everywhere, you can find, you can type in a card and you can see all the combos that are generated. Um, so, for instance, Words of Wilding, um, in combination with Mana Echoes and Mentor of the Meek, which makes it a, uh, a Naya colored deck. Uh, creates infinite creature tokens, infinite colors, mana, and then you have tons of potential ETBs if you've got the alliance triggers or whatever else you've got going on. So you've got do a lot of really powerful things with this sort of card. And I agree. Like I think I'm I'm like you. Now I haven't played as much actual commander recently, but I played a lot of brawl, played a lot of standard. If anybody's been paying attention in the last mm, six months, children is everywhere. And so Everywhere. you need to have some sort of strategy for what are you going to do if your opponent lands a shielded? For lots of people, it's removing it. But if you're in a if you're in a strategy that's removal light, um, or killing a five toughness thing is hard to do, then this might be a way to work around it so that you can still get value from what you're doing um, without costing yourself valuable life points. And I know in Commander, we say, oh, we got 40, whatever. What's what's two damage here? What's four damage here? Okay, but every time you take that, you're quickly going to find that you're going to be in trouble a lot faster than you would have been normally. And so if you can preserve those life points without too much trouble, it's well worth your while, I think. So this sort of card, I mean, costs you very little. Nobody's going to remove this card on your battlefield, are they? No, I mean, again, you, you might even have to sacrifice a draw, not that you would want to. But again, like, I'm looking at the, the combos real quick here. And the one that I thought of with Ashna's Altar is there's an enchantment in black and there's an enchantment that's also Golgari colors, where whenever a creature you control dies, you draw a card. Um, Mulder and you take a damage. Mulder Vine Reclamation. There's Mulder Vine Reclamation, and there's a three, uh, there's a, three mana black enchantment that's um it's literally just whenever a creature you control dies you you take a damage and draw a card yeah um but it would i'm not i think the the damage itself would still go through so that's the the, the tricky part of it but making the bodies and sacking them to the altar to crew enough colorless mana you could well you potentially can do, you can do just, a lot of things with that in in like sure. with like Moldervine Reclamation, and then mm -hmm. uh, Blood Artist, uh, Blood Artist Effects. Right. You could really, right. you could really start getting run, running around, making people regret their life choices. 
So I think the card is like this. I don't think there's any doubt here. You and I would both agree this card is excellent. Um, people don't know about it. It's uh, very budget friendly. Uh, you know, it's yeah. at under five. That's what we like at under five bucks. Yeah. Like, but like, listen to the, the top commanders here. Their 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 audience. So sure, you have Ayula, Queen of Queen Among Bears. Great. You make bears. You make more bears. Great. No trouble. Ruxa, Patient Professor, which I believe uh, things that like vanilla creatures get pumped. Okay, sounds fine. Toski, Toski always wants more creatures. And if you're going to draw cards and make more bodies, then this seems like a good trade. But then you also have Sithis and Corvold. Like, Corvold sounds absolutely busted. Because, like, you're just making fodder to feed to Corvold. And so, like, where's the drawback there? Like, you make your giant Corvold, you draw cards. Oh, I don't need cards, I need fodder. Okay, I, I sacrifice things. Make fodder, sack fodder to Corvold, make make Corvold scary. Like this, like, this is fantastic. So um, Corvold's already broken enough, you know. Yeah, well, like, Corvold <laughs> doesn't need help to get broken. So anyway, right. I think the card is terrific. I think uh, if people are looking to pick it up, Words of Wilding is the card. Uh, it is played in roughly twenty two hundred decks, um, which makes it you know a negligible sum value compared to all the decks available on EDH Rec. And should probably be played more often if you have a habit of playing shield against children. So go and get your words of wilding. Um, next, the second one we have today, we have Nuisance Engine, which is uh, a, one that lots of people probably have looked at in their bulk and then passed right by. So three mana artifact, two and a tap, create a zero and colorless pest artifact creature token, which hardly seems like a good card. But I keep looking at this one and I keep thinking this card has potential. Like, I don't know about you there, there, Pete, but I think this sort of card, like, it needs the right build, but if you're looking to do a couple of distinct things, you could do a lot of good with this sort of card, couldn't you? I mean, the first thing I thought of, and we talked about this as well a little bit before the show started, um, but Brutaclad loves this card, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Because you make a zero one, one and if you have other threatening things on board, it just becomes whatever that is on, on combat. Yeah. Um, and then I thought immediately of uh, Clock of Omens because, yeah. of course, that card doesn't need any more explanation regarding you tap two artifacts, you can untap an artifact uh, that you want to untap. And untap shenanigans itself is very, very good. Um, I, I think this is underrated and it's a budget version of other cards that might do things better for you. Yeah. Well, but yet uh, you can play it and yeah. it's it's a card out there, right? Yeah. 30 cents, right? It's like 30 cents. It's 30 cents, and probably people got it in their bulk. I was thinking this could be a great card for a polymorph deck. You put this, you put this oh, in yeah, a polymorph sure. deck, and like, if you built your polymorph deck and have a limited number of scary things in your deck, well, and you want to get them, well, now Jalira or a polymorph effect are going to turn this derpy token into something truly scary. Or if you have a way to turn your tokens into better tokens. So, for instance, you make a nuisance <laughs> engine, but you're playing Jenny Faye, and now they're dogs or cats. Or you right. have a divine visitation. A divine or, visitation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I was yeah. going with this, and I'm like, that's where I keep like looking. I'm like, oh man, I kind of want to, I want to play this because with a divine visitation, two mana and tapping an artifact to make a four four angel is a redu- is a ridiculous rate. It's absurd. Sure. So, um, I, the fact like it's got some really good pros to go along with it. The fact that it's colorless and activates for colorless means it literally can get used everywhere. And that is like that in and of itself is something people you cannot take it for granted because you are 
lots of times you get held up on color considerations. This, it doesn't matter. It's going to fit in your deck. Um, and it's, it's this is the sort of artifact that you can poop out on the board early in the game, and no one's going to notice or care until it starts being used for you to whatever strategy you're looking to deploy. Whether it's you're looking to make tokens, you're looking to polymorph, you're looking to like you you stick your brutaclad, like whatever it is you're doing, like you can do a lot. It, it's just going to sit there and passively do the thing, and you're you know, and then all, and of course you can dump it out in, instant speed blockers if somebody's swinging in with a big of bo- a big body. You just got to put something in the way. Like let's imagine they're swinging with that ulamog. Sure, they get the, 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 the attack trigger, but you're not taking the commander damage or whatever damage you're taking because that zero one steps in front of Ulamog and makes him stop. I guess he stops the snack on the on the news on the past, but you know, what have you. So um you know I have another real quick comment about the card too, now that I think about it. Um blue with all the like swap effects, yep. you know, like speaking of swapping creatures. Like switcheroo. There's a card like, like switcheroo, yeah. yeah. There's a card that was featured on the social contract uh, discord. It's called cultural exchange. It's from odyssey and it's four colorless and two blue. Choose any number of creatures, target player controls, choose the same number of creatures and other target player controls. Those players exchange control of those creatures. Yeah. So you're giving them zero one pests. You're taking their good stuff. This sounds like fun. Like I am like, I'm in, I'm in for this or grab the reins as well. Yeah. yeah. With like blocking, grab the reins. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like tons of great things to do. Now, I will be honest, audience, it's not an a perfect include in every deck. Like there's gonna be lots of decks where you're like, mm, no. Um now in, in part because the actual impact of the of the zero one tokens on the battlefield is is slight. They're, I mean they're they, they are exactly what they are. They're zero ones. Um it does also tap, which is limiting. There are there are definitely token producers that are repeatable in the sense that they don't have a tap, and so you can use them repeatedly in the same in the same turn cycle. Um, and of course, you get we had Maxwood ne- Maskwood Nexus, which was printed in uh, Call Time, which was two years ago, which is a strict upgrade to this card. Now, Maskwood Nexus is a five almost five dollars compared to ten cents, but if you were really looking for this effect, Maskwood Nexus would be. A strict upgrade by comparison so a few th- a few like, a few drawbacks for where you're gonna have to seriously evaluate why would you be running this deck this card in your deck but i think there's a, still enough positives here for us to once again come back and say like people need to really take a long hard look at nusa's engine because i don't think it's garbage i do think it's actually sneaky great and is the sort of thing that people uh, that, that a smart player a budget conscious player is going to get really good value out of uh, without much difficulty. Even like the new pre-cons that just came out, you know, you got the new Urza list, which makes constructs that cares about how many artifacts you have on the mm-hmm. field. Yeah. I mean, that gives everything plus two, plus two, if you think about it. Yeah. Or the new Mishra makes a copy of something. You can target that, make it a 4-4 body that has haste, and you can tap it to make another pest, and then it gets exiled or whatever. I forget what it does. Or whatever. You, at the end, so before it exiles, you can sacrifice it to your to your altar, or like, or the yeah. or alter the brood. It enters the battlefield. You mill your opponent. Like, there's lots of things. There's lots of ways to exploit this sort of stuff. 
And so I, I don't know what other podcasts you listen to there, Pete, but I was listening to Lords of Limited, which is a, a limited-based podcast. But they've actually been pushing up a, a theory that I think could apply to us here. And it's essentially rectangle theory. Essentially, cards, single cards that can produce multiple things on the battlefield, regardless of what they are, whether it's spawn tokens or 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 treasure or food or what whatever things that make more things are ultimately very good to be used in 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 magic and the like their example of right now brothers war is all about how much extra dirtily stuff you can produce with your with your cards and nuisance engine is the same sort of way you can create lots of stuff that you can then utilize to sacrifice to alters or to do damage with aristocrat effects or to polymorph or to like there's tons you can do and so if that's what your deck wants to do it wants to dump lots of stuff on the field and this is the sort of card you need to put in your deck yeah it reminds me like like chess like you got to take care of your material you know what i mean yeah if you have more material than your opponent you have a better chance sometimes to win games. Yeah, I mean, not every time, because uh, again, we all know. No, of course. In Commander, the game is, you know, games can be turned very quickly on a on a on a powerful combo. <laughs> you know me too well, Bruce. You know me too well. <laughs> but um, but no, but lots of, like there is something to be said, particularly if you're playing in the sort of magic that um, here on the show we talk about with our audience. Um, we're playing at a lower power level. We're not playing with the high with the high power level combos. Uh, and in fact, many of our combo, many of our decks contain zero combos, um, and that's by and that's by design. Um, and so, this sort of card could fit in lots of those sorts of strategies. And because I know there's lots of people out there, out there in the audience listening somewhere that are like that. They don't want, they don't build the combos into their decks necessarily, and they like the the rectangle theory speaks to them. They like the idea of having lots of the things and triggers and things to do and tap this, untap that to this make that thing like that to them is fun and exciting and what they want to do. So um, nuisance engines should not be something people overlook. They should go and dig it out of their bulk and they should play it. If that's the sort of deck they want to play. So, and that's all we're going to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, you know, if there's one thing I've learned the last few years, just playing different formats is that you can't undervalue cards that are you know commons or uncommons like there are great great cards out there i mean if you look at the two of the more famous ones astronauts altar and rhystic study of course were common printed yeah so it's like thinking about it as what what does it do for me rather than what it can do or what it doesn't do yeah yeah i think is it just a good way to look at life in general <laughs> if we're going to go a little bit deep here i think you're right i think you're right <laughs> i think looking at things from the standpoint of what can they do for you what scenario can you concoct to get the most out of this um uh, i often am that way when i look at my students at my school for instance like i don't right. look at the faults in the car in the student i look at what are the what are their strengths and looking to tap into that to help them have success well same thing with nuisance engine what are its strengths what can it do well let's maximize that instead of focusing on the fact that it what it can't do it can't make big creatures all on its own you're right but that's okay how do we get the most out of a nuisance engine 
So that, and you know what the ultimate compliment is? If you can build a deck and nuisance engine is the problem and they go, I couldn't beat the nuisance engine. And you go, yeah, for like, sure. That's, that makes me feel really good. Inside, yeah. Like, you know? I have managed to find a situation <laughs> where the nuisance engine won the game or took a piece of premium removal because you couldn't find another way to circumvent whatever was going on with the nuisance engine. So I'm a big fan of it. I think it actually makes for like an interesting would way. Would you cross on grip? Would you cross on grip a nuisance engine? I mean, like that would be would feel... amazing if someone did that to mine. I would feel so flattered. Exactly. I would feel <laughs> so flattered. And if I were the guy casting a cross and grip on a nuisance engine, I'm like, oh, I have to do this. It's making me feel so <laughs> sad. But anyway. For sure. Yeah. Should we get a little pessimistic for a second? Okay, go for it. As we move forward. No, I'm talking about the new card that, that oh. we just found out. About, you know, the, the whole spoiler that's going to break standard oh, like and everything this, else like, so we, so, along the way. All right, so let's move on to segment two, and we're going to look at um, <laughs> the some spoilers from Phyrexia. All will be one. And uh, so there's only about a half dozen cards that have been previewed at this point. Um, and they were previewed quite a while ago. Many other shows have already covered them. I've listened to people talk about them. Um, I've seen this one in play because if you caught the command zone playing Elish Norn, Mother of Machines, you would know what what Josh Lee Kwai did with it. Um, bottom line, he he, he played it really well. Uh, so, um, <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts, Elish Norn, Mother of Machines? Uh, let's, okay, let's read her. I'm sighing let's, here. Let's read her. I'm sighing here because I just I need it, and I know it's going to be expensive for a long time. Oh, oh yeah. Um, because it's very, very good. It, it on its face, if we just look at it as a card, just like its stats, right? It's a four-seven for five, and and it's one white pip, so it's super easy to play. It has vigilance on top of all the other things it does, which is double tr every trigger and cancel every opponent's trigger. Yeah. Um, it turns off what? What does it turn off, uh, Bruce? Fetch lands. Um... It turns off. No, it doesn't doesn't shut off fetch lands. Um, but it shuts off landfall. Don't... It shuts off. Ah, uh, right, right, right. Shuts off. I'm, I'm reading it again yeah. as we speak. Permanent entering the so okay. So if a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. So it's panharmonicon. All right. So right. you play a permanent. So you play a landfall. You play actually it's better than 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 um than panharmonicon because I'm pretty sure that's only creatures. Well, this could be any artifact. Creature artifact. Any Pan panharmonicon is creature, creature artifact. artifact. This could be a land. Yeah. So if you play a land, so landfall triggers double. Your a lot. Mm -hmm. Your any ETB that's attached to a creature doubles. Um, it's right. your alliance trigger doubles. Um, on and on and on it goes. And we've seen before, like there are whole strategies dedicated to maximizing panharmonicon. Um. Meanwhile, it also says here, permanents entering the battlefield don't cause abilities of permanents your opponents control yeah. to trigger. So meaning their ETBs are shut off, um, which means their mm -hmm. Rexage doesn't blow up your thing. Their Dockside Extortionist doesn't make all the treasure tokens. Um, you know, whatever else that you want to do. They, they, can't, they can flicker them and move them in and out of play, but they don't trigger any more stuff. And... Right. That's a hugely impactful ability in and of itself. It shuts off in standard as well. It shuts off what on earth? It shuts off. Nope. It shouldn't. Doesn't shouldn't, it shut off? It, shouldn't a, shut no, off. it doesn't. It didn't shut off those abilities, but it shut off any of those things would trigger when they enter the battlefield. 
like the mutt if the mutt yeah. was a discard so the mutt so, you, yeah. so with us uh, with the mutt that makes you just that you can rummage now you can't rummage yeah that wouldn't trigger you, you just yeah. get the two one body back but that's not really why you're playing mutt you're playing mutt so you can rummage and so you can sh- so you sure. can chuck things in the bin um that can that thing gets around like every removal piece that I can think of, besides what go for the throat. I mean, and even that's in black. And we were talking about that before the show again. That black is the super powerful. Not to get ahead of ourselves in the show here, but like, there's not many like responses and answers to well, this card. So in in standard, you're absolutely right. In standard, this is going to be very difficult to deal with unless you're playing a black based strategy. But let's go back. Let's go back to this card in, in Commander. Right. We're, we're in Commander. We're not talking Standard. I think this card is so, sounds good. Uh, now Sheldon Mannery has come out and said that this card is probably a mistake, and they're going to look at really carefully whether or not this card should be even playable in our format. And basically, their premise comes down along the lines of um, this card generates way too much value, way too much value, way too much quickly, and it's just generically good. All right. Well, oftentimes we've had powerful commanders come out, um, but they play really closely with a strategy associated with a set, or maybe a set that's, that's come right. out, has had a couple of couple of iterations on the same mechanic. Thinking of like Kadena, Kadena, who cares about morph cards. There's been morphs, Jackson. morphs three or four times in the in the history of Magic. So now you can play old morphs from whatever block. You can play morphs from. Uh, Kanza Tarkir block. I'm sure we'll get morphs right. in a couple of years' time when we visit some other plane. All right, but like so, Kadena is plays well with those cards. But for most of the sets, Kadena doesn't do anything. Elish Norn literally plays well with everything because every set has ETBs. Every set has something where things right. trigger off of it. All right, so it triggers off any permanent base. So if you have an artifact, a land, a creature. I don't know what other permanents you could put. A Planeswalker, probably, if there's some stuff that triggers a... Enchantments? Yeah, enchantments. Like with Sithis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about Sithis. Because yeah. so, Sithis is, you gain two life draw, each turn and draw two yeah. cards. So you, you, you're, you're going to Crazy. draw tons of cards. All right, so this is like just way too open-ended uh, a design space for them to stick a card this powerful. Um, the colored mana requirement is absurdly easy to meet. All right, at least Shouldred, as we just talked about it, is everywhere. It's too black. It's Correct. double black. So if you're going to want to play it, you need to play in a deck that's pretty heavily dedicated to black so you can sticker at a reasonable time in, right. time in the game. You know, so if you're playing a four-color deck that, you know, you sure, you may have access to black, but is black at the predominant color where you're going to stick Shouldred? No. So you may opt not to play Shouldred, but you're going to still run Elish Norn. Because it's a single white pip. So it's just so easy to meet that it's silly. Now, on the flip side, it literally will shut off strategies with n- doing nothing else. Like, Torpor Orb is a thing. We know it, and yep. people hate it. Indeed. And now you put Torpor <laughs> yeah. Orb on a creature. I, and from, like, just from a rate standpoint, Panharmonicon is four mana. Right? Panamanican is four mana. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Torpor yes. Orb is. I think it's two, if I'm not mistaken. Two. It's two mana. And, but both of them aren't creatures. Now you have right. a, you can, a four seven with You can kill them pretty easily. Like you could blow them up. They're artifacts yeah. that you can just blow up with like a Vandal Blast, for example. Yes. 
you can blow them you can you can destroy them without too much trouble um now Elish Norn is a four seven attached to a torpor orb and a panharmonicon like that's just right crazy pants uh because it's a creature there's lots of ways to protect it in fact the brothers war alone has like two or three ridiculous protection spells in yes. like as combat lawrence escape yeah lawrence escape there's lawrence a green escape. one that gives a thing in like guy's gift yeah and i think there's a third one in black i think but anyway no, it's short. There's Ashnod's There's Shore Up in Blue from Dominaria United. There's tons of ways yep. to keep. There's four. Yeah. Four within two mana. Yeah. Nothing. Like, it's easy. Yeah. It's really easy to play that on six and have a mana yeah. open. So. To protect it. Like, you could protect. You can protect Shoulder. Uh, sorry, uh, Elish Norn. Ridiculously easy. All right. Um, and so, if this even. T- if your deck touches white, Elish Norn's going in. Like that's just what's predicted here. Like, and I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a stretch. Um, I have a couple of examples, like what this is going to do. So, like on like a level one, like at its most basic, abundant growth, which is like a fairly common ramp enchantment, yep. is that says right on it, like when it comes into play, draw a card. Well, now Elish Norn is going to say, oh look, draw two. So you spend one mana, you're going to ramp, mm-hmm. and you still draw two cards. Like that's like that's crazy value, um. Like solemn simulacrum or sad robot, you're gonna rip two lands out of your deck, put them right on the play. Like you're gonna go like that's that's, that's huge. You're gonna double every right. altar of the brood trigger. So if people you're playing a mill deck, you're gonna double it every time any permanent hits the battlefield. Oh, and then like think of Omnath or Admonition Angel with landfall. Like, you miss. I mean, landfall itself. Like, I played a guy. He plays a Omnath deck, and it's all about making like little one-one flyers. And he'll like he'll play that one card that makes a bird every time a land enters the battlefield. So he'll have like fifty birds on like turn. I don't know seven or eight. Or or he'll play Archangel of Thune. You know. Yeah. Where you get a plus one plus one counter on literally everything every time you gain life. And. But the one card I thought of on level four, if we're going extreme, is Terror of the Peaks. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even gone that way yet. I hadn't looked at any red cards yet. But yes, Terror of the Peaks with this, but you're going to double up what the damage Terror of the Peaks would do. Just, you could literally kill one opponent like this, like snap well, my fingers. Well, think you know? about it, like Combustion Gear Hulk, it would be, would yes. be, would be absurd. Like you could. All the Hulks. All well, the Hulks, yes, right? but the red one in particular. Think about it. You, it comes right. into play, tear the peak triggers twice, you're, somebody's eating 12 immediately, and then somebody gets to play chicken with the top of your deck. Like, give me the cards or take the damage? Uh, you're getting the cards. I just ate 12. Cool. Thanks. Right. Like, and Also, draw, ETBs we, with playing free stuff from the yard, like instants and sorceries as well. That's the other thing I was thinking about. Like, if you play um, like a Snapcaster Mage. Oh, yes. What's the, the proxy? The Arcane Proxy? Yeah. Like, that's two ETBs for... Yeah, so, you, so you could for, potentially cast two spells out of your graveyard. So if you're if you're looking at a at a, at a path to exile and a source of plowshares to make scary things go away, well, they're going to go away now. <laughs> oh, also Gary. Gary. Oh, 
Great yeah. Merchant of Asphodel, too. That's an instant win that's condition probably, right there, that's too. Probably, that's going to kill a lot of people. Because Gary is three, right? And if you're playing black-white, you're going to have a ton of black pips uh, as Gary's well. Gary's three, three, so three, three black-black, so it'd be two. Yeah, three devotion, I'm saying. So like, he comes in, he deals you six, but then he deals you another six because you have some no, other two devotion stuff before, out there. Right? that but, has... yeah. but like if you're, if you're, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm trying to say. If you're a black yeah. deck, you're, gonna, you're probably going to have a few other black pips laying around. Instead of taking four or five, they're going to take ten. And you go, oops, that's very quickly. And then something like Displacer Kitten or a Teleportation Circle or Conjurer's Closet, oh. like you're just going to make yeah. people like go Quit. cry. Like you're just gonna like, and so, and here's what I think there, and this is just my opinion and hot take going on here. I don't think this could be a lot of fun. For sure, I think it's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be like, I don't, I don't. This isn't, this isn't enjoyable. My playgroup doesn't like it. I don't like the play style. Um, like it's cool to make it, make the thing, and make it go boom and go off and kill everybody, but I don't think you're going to every single time yeah. though. Like. Like, like it sticks every time, and you're like, well, I can't do anything about this. Yeah. Uh, I just can't. Like, like, I, like sure, uh, Bruce, I play a Flicker deck, and I'm like, I've stopped playing it for a while because I've literally won on other people's turns, and I'm like, this isn't fun for anybody. Yeah. yeah. Because I get Seedborn Muse out, and then I get, like, you know, a, a, a land that allows me to flash everything in, and then it's like, I win the game on your turn, and they're, they're just sitting there like, oh, you drew 35 cards on my turn, and then you won the game. Yeah. With like a thoracle situation, yeah. you know, yeah. like that's not fun for anybody. Uh, and I, I, I agree with you. So I, I think this <laughs> is like this, like this is sort of like people are going to build this and they're not going to enjoy it. The other thing I think is going to happen, and I think um, it's going to take time, but once people start noticing how prevalent this is going to be, and it's going to be prevalent, it's going to be everywhere. All right, like audience, mm -hmm. I'm telling you now, like I today is January the second, 2023. Bullshit <laughs> is going to be everywhere in six months' time. All right? Stock up on your murders, so everybody. <laughs> it's going to compel people to play a lot more interaction, which I don't think playing more interaction is a bad thing. Um, because. No, but it slows the game yeah, down, right? It's definitely going to. It's, it's, going, it's one for one. Going to, yeah, you're going to be trading a lot, one for one. And I think you're going to find that the, the, the white decks that are going to be playing this are going to find ways to protect it. So it's going not. It's going to take not just one. It's not going to take two. It'll probably take three removal spells to take Elishnorn off the battlefield. And so you're hoping to goodness that you can do it and get rid of it and keep it off the board for a bit. Otherwise, like the the the, the Elishnorn player is going to run away with the game. Um, because I think it's like Golo. It's kind of like uh, sorry. It's kind of like Golos, but. At least Golos, it was a little bit easier to respond to. Granted, you had to, you know, put all your mana into it. But this, like you said, this is efficiently constructed. It is a card that, like, if it sticks and it sticks, that that person should win the game every single time. Every single time. And I'm not saying that dramatically. I'm just saying that because it's a fact. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. I, I I mean I would hope 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 that we can find a better way of dealing with this, but I think you're right. I think like this is going to generate so much value that unless you can combo out on them and combo out soon, you're going to get wrecked. Mm -hmm. But like even then, what sort of combo are you going to lean into that doesn't get shut off by this? Because you can't go Thoracle. 
it cuts it down Thoracle, doesn't it? Thoracle. You can't you you can't you can yeah, you can cast exactly. Thoracle, but it isn't going to do squat. Um, so Correct. like, what are you going to do? So, and I and I think audience like we've seen the same thing with Shildred. Like the the other three um, Praetors, Vorinclex, Gingitaxius, and Urabrask aren't in the same category. Um, although Gingitaxius is kind of in the sense that like. Um, because they're all designed in a similar fashion, where the I reap benefits, you suffer at the at their hands. So, um, like with Vorinclex, it was I get double my counters, you get half of yours, which usually means zero counters. But let's be real, um, Gingitaxis is like every instant or sorcery you cast has countered whatever I cast doubles. All right, Urabrask is the one that doesn't fit the mold particularly well. Um, but, and then Shildred is like, I draw, I gain. You draw, you, you, you take pain. And now Elish Norn is like Torpor Orb and Panharmonicon on a stick. Like, so, like, they're all built in the same fashion. And this one is nasty. So. The only, the only thing I would consider to be able to counter that card, if, if it sticks, is literally making that that player pitch their entire hand, so they're just top decking the whole game. But then again, that is brutal and not fun for most people. And I wouldn't do it because I don't want to be that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I would like yeah. if 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 it called for it, I would play oppression and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Well, like I mean, but like, I mean, again, like this sort of, like this is going to lead to like I mean, that's one way of addressing it. So I could see a lot of people going for like the puzzle box, Narset kill, or the. Like, Punishing, yeah, just to yeah. punish their hand so they can't, they're, they're... or possibility storm and yeah. rule of law. Like that would be the other one yeah. I would consider, or stranglehold in Maryland. That would be another one because you just lock them out yeah. of their library. So sure, you can do that, but you're right. I don't think that's going to result in more fun. It makes the the it makes the game more toxic and more you know oppressive and more sort of like, oh, what are we going to get today when I'm playing? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Instead of like what it's supposed to be, which is. We're supposed to play weird things or play cards we never heard of, like the words yeah, of wild. No, absolutely. You know? <laughs> so, like, I think so. What it turns, what it, to me, what it comes down to is that like, Elish Norn creates a mini game around it, and the game becomes: can they stick it, or can the rest of the table kill it? And that's what it becomes. That's that's what the crux of your game is. And um, there's a few commanders that, in my experience, have been in that vein. Like, I would say Atraxa is very similar in that vein. You, you need to kill Atraxa, or Atraxa will kill you. So, Atraxa decks... Right. Omnath yeah. as well. So, uh, Atraxa decks, Omnath decks, they're all looking to stick their commander, and you need to kill it, or you're going to die. Well, Elishdorn fits right in it. It's right in that strategy. So, anyway. I think the card is tremendous. Like, pro- it's, too, <laughs> yes. it's too good. Um, and... I don't know if we've done it more justice than than Sheldon Menery did as like the godfather of Commander, but like I think you and I have talked through enough scenarios where this thing becomes absolutely a monster on the battlefield and that people need to sit up right. and take notice and say like no 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 this isn't just a white mythic. This is a white mythic that is format warping potentially. Right? And like, now you know the the set the tapped lands that come in and you sack them immediately to yes. go get a land. Would those double that as well? Would you get two lands? 
That's what I'm trying to figure out now in my head. <laughs> All right, let's. Why don't we move on? <laughs> <But> that would be <laughs> this. This this thing. This thing yeah, hurts well, my brain. Hurts my brain thinking about I it. don't know the rules well enough around those lands. <laughs> and anyway, yeah, but yeah, you know what will happen? It'll get put on arena, and you and I will know the answer in about seven seconds when we. Tr- and like, yeah, less less than five seconds. I'll be like, oh, this is this is annoying. So, okay. Um, All right, I'm done. I'm gonna go concede yeah, exactly. and go home. Yeah, go home and cry. Go <laughs> I'm home done. Cry. Yeah, I'm done. All right, next uh, <laughs> we have uh, blue. Sun's Twilight, which is kind of like the like a to piggyback off the idea of Blue Sun Zenith. Um, yep. All right, Cute, so X right? Blue Blue for a sorcery gain control of target creature with mass va- with mana value X or less. If X is five or more, create a token as a copy of that creature. So, so here's a disgusting line. Okay, someone plays an Obliterator. Mm-hmm. You play seven, you take their obliterator and make a copy of it. So now you have ten damage on board, and you have two obliterators. In standard. Well, okay, that's standard. I'm thinking commander. I think I think in commander. That's that's. I jumped there because I'm playing too okay, much arena. Fair enough. I think in commander. I'm like, <laughs> like this seems fine. Like this sort of this sort of it's scale okay. effect is fine. Um, it's not exciting. Um, by seven mana, you should get something pretty cool, right? And like, but yeah. if I go to EDH rack and I look at top creatures, because that's really what we're looking for. By type, I want creatures. Where is like the first thing that you're excited to steal? I'm looking through like top, like like there are, most of them are mana dorks and stuff. Like stealing someone's dockside extortionist doesn't matter. Um, Sun Titan. Steal someone's Sun Titan. That sounds like fun. That's I make pretty a, good. I make a copy yeah. of a Titan. Uh, okay. ETB. It doesn't have summoning sickness either, so it's like ETB. The token does, but I'm saying the original does uh, not. I think it does. You take possession of it. Yeah. Really? Okay, we have to look that up. But um, I'm thinking about value like, in general. But like, uh, like, 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 uh, like you make an Avenger of Zendikar, you steal their, steal their Avenger of Zendikar, make a copy of Avenger of Zendikar, right. and then like play a land and like right. make some token, like pump some tokens. I don't know. Seems good. Um, you know, like you steal. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw this in like a uh, a deck with Sakashima, yeah. where they don't have the legendary rule. They take someone's commander and make a copy of their commander. Yeah, yeah that would do it. So like you know, because that would be efficient. As well, especially if it's a, sm- a small mana costing yeah. commander. Um, I play a Fabian a lot. I like that card because it's fun for everybody. You get the parlay, get yeah. an extra card, I make tokens. It's yeah. not a huge deal, but um, it's more friendly than most of the decks yeah. I play, Bruce. <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you, but well, um, if someone took my Fabian and then made a copy of it, that would be kind of busted yeah. because you parlay twice, everything gets plus X plus yeah. X. And, I mean... So this card is is, is, is gonna be fun. It's gonna be, I think, it's very reasonable. It's not, it's it's not gonna be an egregious, you know, thing to to abuse. Every once in a while, someone's gonna copy something sweet with it. I think it'll be fine. Like it reminds me a lot of like mass manipulation sort of style, like steal a thing or steal two, like steal thing, make a make a copy of it, and look at me, I've done the thing, and and that's sort of where I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be a fine card. Um, blue, blue, and X is is you know is going to be expensive. By the time you're getting five or more, you're spending seven mana. You're spending your whole turn to copy something cool. Hopefully, it's worth it. So anyway, um, I don't think we want to spend a lot more time on, okay. on Blue Sun's Twilight. <laughs> I think people are going to play it. They're going to be happy with it, um, or they're going to leave it in a box. 
and not play it. So, uh, next we have Phyrexian Obliterator, which is a reprint from ages ago. Um, well, I mean, not not ages ago, New Phyrexia. Well, that is ages ago. That's like ten years ago. Anyway, so okay, black, 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 black. So quad black creature Phyrexian Horror with Trample. Whenever a source deals damage to a Phyrexian Obliterator, that source's controller sacrifices that many permanents, and it's a five-five. So, okay, I agree well, with your assessment that it's not a commander card, that it's been outclassed in terms of commander, and that there's a ton of board wipes that'll just destroy this thing. Uh, granted, if you play Blasphemous Act with that on board, you either don't know how the card works, or you know, you played it and you're like, I want to sack my permanence well, for value. Like, I would totally do that against an old, like, with old Rutstein. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Or something like, like so, that. So, like, if you're doing that on purpose, you're doing that deliberately. Or you're blasphemous acting for and sure. you have a Boros charm in hand and you can just give all your things indestructible. But, um, because Boros charm protects your belief in your lands. But, yeah, this is... this. It doesn't get around the sacrifice. Oh, though. it's true. You it get does, to sacrifice permanence. So you'd yeah, have to you like. Never mind. You still die. Um. So yeah. bottom line, folks, you're not <laughs> playing this card in Commander. Like you will play it in only the heaviest of black decks. If you're playing a black devotion sort of strategy, you know, you might consider playing this. But like, like let's be real, folks. White has had so many board wipes printed and exile effects. And exile effects. This is not yeah. even going to be a, a factor. This is going to be non-factor in commander games and it, like it's just a cool scary thing and commander and like in standard <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a problem like it's going to be a problem for sure i'm, I'm already frustrated yeah. thinking about yeah, yeah, yeah. it <laughs> like, I, my 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 standard deck on arena is a is a jund list and my board wipe is burn the house down well burn the house down means i'm sacrificing my, my whole board state to get rid of this thing and it's not worth it. So, but it eats a source to plowshares. It eats a path to exile. It eats the ghost of the throat. It eats a whatever. Like, it just eats removal. And then it's gone. And all that scary text on it is not a factor. So, I think this card is going to be mocked and laughed at and will not be played in Commander unless you want the quad black pips for Gary later in the game. That's what I think. Because I think this card is not very good for Commander. Bruce, this is what I like to call a rattlesnake. It's big and scary, and it makes noise. But then when it sits on the field, you're like, eh, it's just, it's just the snake. It's not, yeah, it's and not like, a big deal. And, and it like, doesn't hurt me. Get, like, you can get frisky with it and start attacking, I suppose. Yeah, but like I'll take five damage. Yeah, like I'm not gonna. I'm not dumb enough. I'll just hit you back for seven. Grizzly bear in front of it and say, "Oh, <laughs> and now I'm gonna sack two lands to you." Like, no. Like I'm not gonna do that, but and and I'm gonna and someone's going to make you. Pay, someone's gonna kill this in your pod because they're gonna be like, "Dude, that thing's annoying. Get rid of it." And that's that. And you can like just fly yeah, over it's it. Like, it's not whatever. a big deal. It's all good. Angels, angels fly <laughs> over it for days, and unblockable ninjas go right around it, and like it's not, it's not even a thing. Like just forget it. So yeah, end of that. So I'm not even worried. I know. Let's just but, brush yeah, that like, one aside, I mean, like, right? Watch me eat my words. Like, Elish Dorn won't be nearly as scary as I think it is. <laughs> and, this, and then Frexian Obliterator is going to be in all sorts of decks, and I'm just going to die to it. So, anyway. 
Hey, that's okay. It's our it's our uh, curse of being. Uh, yeah, you know, there we ignorant, go. I've, I guess I have vastly underestimated the power of Phyrexian uh, Obliterator, and there we have it. All right. Is there uh, a curse of ignorance? Oh. Or is that you know? There's a curse cycle. I don't that's think there's a curse of ignorance. Okay, there's a curse of opulence. There but, might be a okay. curse of ignorance. <laughs> no, no, I doubt it. There's not. Bad. All right. Sorry. Um, next one. We have a um, cough fire of resistance. Oh, bad cough. Okay. Two red, red. Legendary Planeswalker cough. Loyalty. Starting loyalty is four. Two. Plus two. Search your library for a basic mountain card. Reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle. Minus three. Cough. Fire resistance deals damage to target creature. To target creature. Equal to the number of mountains you control. Want, want. Uh, you get an emblem with whenever a mountain enters the battlefield under your control, this emblem deals four damage to any target. <sighs> Cough sucks. Hey, I disagree with you. You can disagree with me. Cough sucks. Hey. Well, I'm just thinking about this, like, how you could break this card in weird ways, right? Like, if you have a Brash Taunter out and you pay minus three and deal damage to the Brash Taunter and then it deals damage to something else, you know? Or, like, I don't know. Um, I have a mono red deck that needs help sometimes ramping, so I wouldn't mind throwing this in there and maybe praying to god one day that i can get the emblem to go off because it'd be hilarious yeah you know again again this is just these are bottlenecked sort of ideas that might never happen but it's not like a card that i would consider unless i'm like you know maybe let's try to get that emblem and proliferate yeah like, i mean possible. if you're playing if you're playing a deck with maybe. Like a doubling season maybe like you double it stick it down make the emblem right i gotta know so here's here's what eh. It's weird. It's weird, right? It's weird because they're trying to help red out, but they did it. Yeah, I think they I did agree. it the wrong I way. I think like, so. <laughs> we were talking, and we said that red. I think you're right. Where your your friend that's your story. I'll, I'll, I'll let you tell it's your story. It's really sad. Tell your story. So I was playing at my local LGS, and I and uh, one of the guys I was playing with was just talking about the new set a bit. Uh, he was like, you know, I was listening in on, um, you know, some of these podcasts, blah blah blah. He's saying how like. Red hasn't got as much help as it should. And white used to be the weakest color, and now red is the weakest color in Magic. And I tend to agree with that because I play a mono-red list that would have been good five years ago, but now it just can't even hold its weight with like certain pre-cons that I've come across, which is really sad because I really like the deck and I enjoy playing it a lot. It just I can't draw consistently enough to be able to do what I want to do, even if I fill the deck with all the tutors I can for artifacts and stuff. The deck doesn't run the way I want it to. Um, and I put a lot of thought into the deck and everything. Uh, it's just a thing, because white has all the catch-up now. They have good card draw um, for once. And they have better removal than red does. Red has no removal. That that helps. Well, um, yeah. I play this really bad removal spell called Descent of the Dragons, you know. And it's like, I've tried to play it a few times. It doesn't work. It ends up uh, be like a, a huge drawback yeah. for me. So... I'm hoping they give more support to yeah. Red, but we'll see. So we'll I, see. Yeah, I, I think that we're, what we're hitting on here is the fact that Red has seen seen what it used to be good at sort of slip away. Um, and yes, it got the impulse draw, which is can be very powerful, but I would I would still argue impulse For draw sure. is not the same as putting the cards in your hand. Because... I think they've actually made Red strong and standard, but they haven't taken their diligence to look at it in commander yeah. as a color because red is the card of like aggression and chaos which 
in Commander, there's already so much chaos going on that you can't really balance yeah. that out with red to be able yeah, to make I it mean, impactful. And I love red. It's one of my favorite colors. I play probably half of my decks are red. I love Terror of the Peaks. I love, you know, some of the other uh, staples Imperial Recruiter yeah. as well. Um, but it's just it's just hard. Yeah. It's really and, difficult. And and the tools the to tools just up. aren't really there. So, and I don't think Koth. I mean, you might be right. Like there might be a deck that needs the ramp, and so spending four mana on a ramp spell feels really bad. Like it feels really that's that that's what this becomes. Yeah, for sure. Because in in the average commander game. Planeswalkers die with alarming regularity and alarming speed. So if you play a plan, if you play with like, well, yeah. I mean, very few people are able to actually sit and protect their planeswalker. Um, and most people will go, will kill it out of principle because they don't they they know ultimately in many of the cases the ultimate is terrifying. So, like, and, and oh, this yeah. is no different. Like, For sure. if you can stick this alt this ultimate, that's big deal. That's a big game. Like you're four damage. Uh, let's see, not as bad as four damage to any target. Like you're gonna. It's like Valakut, but a yeah, little, a little you can bit better. Do a lot of things, and so if you can, if you're playing a deck that can ramp in any sort of shape or form, you can find a lot of mountains, put them into play. You could kill big things, but, but, like most likely, as a floor, the floor to Koth is four mana plus to it get a mountain this dies like that's like legitimately what's going to happen in most scenarios every once in a while and yeah like in standard it might see play just because it ramps you it thins your deck out and you can remove a pesky creature but this is standard we're talking about where you know every sort of move well you know Wants you to get to that but end is this game. Better there, than, than, you know? than Jaya. Jaya's Jaya's four man. No, Jaya's a lot. Stronger. Jaya's a lot stronger. Yeah. Creates a body. Yeah, it creates a body. Yeah. Does so many more things. But, so this Koth, is just like, sad. Like I don't want to make people feel bad because people like Koth. Koth as a character is cool. This oh, Koth. Yeah. This Koth. Sucks. He's a great character. I don't like. So I, I don't <laughs> yeah. want. I don't want to make anybody who's like a huge Koth fan like feel sad. But I'm like. I'm sorry, they did cough dirty here. Cough is not a good card. In Commander, he's going to see very yeah, little play. Yeah. I'm almost sure of it. So, again, maybe maybe like six months' time, I'll eat my words. And if that's the case, I want somebody in the audience to email me and tell me to eat my words. But uh, this, I just, I suspect <laughs> yeah. this is going to be me a too. card that's going to see very little, very little play. Um, the floor is not good enough for Commander these days at four mana. Like, what are you going to run instead of this? Anything. Four mana is, like, where you start casting bonkers stuff. Look, let's, like, again, I'm going to scroll through creatures. Let's go see it. Four mana. The first four mana creature I encounter. Would you rather cast that or cough? Um, okay. The first four mana creature is Shalai, Voice of Plenty. If you had a deck, would you rather cast Shalai or would you rather cast cough? Yeah, yeah. Okay, like, Shalai. I mean, yeah, is this like, an open-ended question? I'm, I would rather have Shalai <laughs> because Shalai then protects the rest of my board. I can pump stuff up. Like Koth yeah. doesn't doesn't have any of that static ability on it to begin with. 
let's see another formatted thing. I'm just just scrolling through the what? I, Atushi. I, Atushi I, is the I, four four dragon flying trample. Like that's the same I'd, amount yeah, of mana, but it does it better. Yeah, I'd rather have a sushi. Strictly. The the California roll, my favorite card yeah. printed in the last few yeah. years. Okay. Sushi. Card. So, so yeah. Speaking of uh, what other red cards we got here, um, we've got the new oh, yeah. Slowbad, right? Yes, we want to talk about that as well. Slowbad slow bad got himself uh, turned into a Phyrexian now. So two and a red for Slowbad Iron, Go Iron Goblin. Legendary creature Phyrexian Goblin Artificer. Uh, he's a 3-3 three, three, and it says tap, sacrifice an artifact. Add an amount of red mana equal to sacrifice artifact's mana value. Spend this mana only to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts. So and and uh, Slowbad got swole. So um, all right, he's got a real <laughs> he's got a nice hammer. hammer I mean, apparently, he's, he's he got a new fresh new suit, <laughs> got got jacked and a new 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 hammer. So what do we think, Slowbad? <laughs> he's not so uh, bad, but you know he Slowbad's not. He's so sort bad. of. Um, I'm. Eh, I don't. I just don't see it. Like, there's so many other sacrifice artifact that do something effects in red, and this one, like, I just don't. It's so linear. It's so. Oh yeah, like, you're you're definitely. You're... I just I just hate it. Like I honestly hate it because they could have done like the new, original slow bad was cool because it like did something. You know what I mean? Like like it did something that was yeah. impactful. Where where this this just feels like. A bulk um, rare I think somebody's going to find a way to abuse it. Um, there's a... Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many artifact synergies now in, in Commander, but I just don't. No, that's I fair. don't like it. <laughs> I uh, just don't I like don't, it. I... It's boring. It's boring it is, to it me. Is, I, I don't know. A little unassuming. Um, do I know how many combos it's got? It's got six. It's got six infinite combos. For sure, of course. With like things like Junk yeah. Diver and Mirror Retriever and things, so you're gonna like just loop. Like that's what's gonna do. It's just, just this is gonna loop stuff. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of like Draw Scorpion. You know how like there's a yeah, ton of combos for Draw Scorpion. Draw Scorpion combo. It's like the same idea where it's like you're gonna untap them, you're gonna make more mana, you're gonna sack something, you're gonna do a scrap trawl, or you're gonna do something, and I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna be like. Congratulations, you pulled off your combo. But let's do yeah. something else now. Like I'm bored. It'll probably go right into um the planeswalker uh who makes who cares Duretti. about artifacts. Uh what's his face? Um Yeah, Duretti. The, the mono red planeswalker. Duretti. Yeah, it's gonna be in Duretti. You know, we're gonna just laugh at it. Somebody's right, gonna yeah, kill gonna, you with a slow bat. Get this but... get this combo. Slow bat iron goblin, cogwork assembler, draw scorpion, and microsoft lattice. <laughs> just, 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 oh yeah, just, just blow up everybody's thing. stuff. And, sure. and, and this is a list of things that it does. Infinite creature tokens with haste. Infinite copies of artifacts you control. Infinite mana artifacts you control can produce. Infinite red mana that can only be spent or cast. Red art, red artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts. Infinite ETBs. Infinite LTB, LTBs. Um, infinite death triggers. I'm like, okay, this <laughs> sounds like I want to do this, but I'm like, that's a four co four card combo, and it's a lot of work. Yeah, it costs like twelve mana. But, yeah, it's but, a lot of work. Mana geysers a thing. Uh, like, eh. I just, I know, I, Bruce, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't love it either. I don't know. <laughs> like, I can see, it's just I can like, see the applicability for Slowbad. Eh. I don't love them. 
Like he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a dollar in a year. It'll be, It'll be like a dollar in a year. I'm serious. Like, okay. And you'll go in your Goblin Welder deck with with the ready, and you'll try and pull the four card combo, four card <laughs> card combo, and you go great. I did it right. once. I I win. I win. I win. Like the other goblins are just better, you know, like Goblin Welder and the Goblin yeah. uh, uh, Engineer. Like they're just better. Yeah, people, they're just strictly people, better cards. Well, you run, you're just run, run those. You're run just run those. Just gonna like you just, you just if you if you need an, a sack out there right. that doesn't cost mana, so you can so you can start whatever loop. Like that's the thing. It's gonna be it's gonna be some sort of yep. ridiculous sacrifice loop that's gonna rely on Scrap Trawler or Junk Diver or something like that to loop something. And then yep. you're gonna go, and like, and and then, and here's your sack outlet, and so people will play it. And you're right, it's not gonna be awesome, but if you need one, then you got one. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm glad that they reprinted them. You know, it's nice to see them back, back and kicking it. But you know, I just I'm That's more fair. excited for um, the next card. I'm list. not, but so I'm glad you are. <laughs> I I know, but I'm. On, I, I wish they was. <laughs> I wish they would stop making red, 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 red equipment decks. But anyway, Jor Kadeen, first gold warden. Hey. So red and a white for a 2-2, legend of creature, human mm. rebel, with trample. Whenever Jor Kadeen, first gold warden, attacks, it gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of equipped creatures you control. Then, if Jor Kadeen's power is 4 or greater, draw a card. Um, so you're excited about this card. This, to me, looks like bad Wyleth. So yeah. talk to me. Nah. All right. So here's my here's my assessment because it's gonna go in my ninety nine of uh, I play a Kiri Fearless Voyager because that is the best Boros commander out there because it's a resilient commander draws you cards and I think Wyleth is too much of a glass cannon. That's just me personally. I love people that when I see them play uh, Wyleth as well because it is fun to watch him get geared up and just hit people for you know a ridiculous amount of damage. Great. But Jorkadine is subtle because of the fact that it says on the card, if its power is for a greater draw card, it doesn't even need to have equipment on it. You can put like an aura on it. I'm thinking about like you put no, like says, a it celestial. It Jorkadine um, has to attack. Then you get the draw. Right, but but I, I'm saying you give it protection. Like you give it like a protection from what white, for example, or you give it protection from you play mom. You're, you're playing uh, like mom, a color, right? Like so uh, you. No, that or like I, I would even consider as putting like auras on this creature and swinging with it and having one creature that's equipped with like a Swiftfoot boots because yeah, most people yeah. will play Swiftfoot boots, you know. Most people play the protection boots anyway. So like you put on like a card that does something else. Like there's an aura that doubles your life yeah. total when you swing yeah. with it with the creature and it deals combat damage and it gives it flying or whatever. You know, there's an aura that gives it protection from all colors, spectral ward. I'm thinking about like. Yes, it's a great equipment-related card because it gets you that extra card, but you can do other kind of sneaky things with it, you know, for my namesake. Some sneaky things with it to, like, draw cards, and I wouldn't be surprised because, like, one of the best uh, equipment commanders for, like, CDH is yeah. uh, Cole, and it's like, it's like you sack a creature to cantrip. You put this guy in there as well, and it, it provides, like, another harder way to remove a creature because a lot, again, like... I don't play a lot of CDH, but I know that combat is more important in, in that format because if you're able to push damage early on, you'll get into the answers well, if you're playing. Because well, if I was going to play if, this if as CDH, I, I would do those things like 
use their use their life total as a resource right. to their advantage. Exactly. That and also like if I played this, I'd play heavy at like heavy stacks, you know, like super heavy, where like you know you can only play one thing a turn. I would gear this guy up with all the protection that I can, and just beat people in the face with it until they're dead. You know what I mean? So like I think it's subtly good. I don't think it's going to be like super expensive when it comes out, like as a card. Right now it's about eight bucks, like pre-order. But I I I know it's going to go down a lot. I just think it's worth it because. It's a little bit different than what we've seen, you know. I like the sort of difference. I know that the color itself are famous for this, gearing things up and beating people in the face. But I like that it's kind of like the reverse of the go wide rather than go tall. Um, and I don't know. I just think it's cute. It's a cute little yeah. two yeah. drop that I can so I get in, get some damage in. Like, hey, I'm not. You're right. This is not replacing my other like Wyleth and Akiri are both better red white equipment commanders than Jorkadeen. So I'm not replacing either of those with um with like with Jorkadeen. So that's the thing. Um I don't like the fact that you're limited in what you number of cards you can draw off of Jorkadeen when it attacks. So in a turn cycle, Jorkadeen is only going to net you one additional too. card. And unless like I, I Unless you, you're like, there are not going to be too many pods that are going to be keen to let you keep a Jorkadine, um without at least trying to board wipe the table. Um, whether it's Cyclonic Rift or something else. And, you know, maybe you're a Kiri and maybe you can tap, st- like, remove our, our equipment to get things indestructible, which is, I think, if I remember how that's how that works. Um, like... Yeah, it's great. Uh, you don't even have to tap yeah. things. You can just do so, it like, in that, response that, that's, if they're that's already obviously tapped as well. Great. So it's, it's, it's so, excellent. Like, you it's know, you're looking at a situation where people are going to be trying to use this with Akiri in conjunction as a complementary piece. But I, I'm not excited for this. And I really wish Wizards would move away from the, uh, the equipment sub uh, theme with Red White. I don't think it is actually something that sure. is compelling to play. Um, sure, like you, you know, a guy who's got a like everyone's got one because I've got a wireless deck sitting over there. It's unopened. I could open it up and sleeve it tomorrow, and we could <laughs> and I could play it. But it's not a compelling way for that many people want to play the game. Um, and so I think they would do better at reshaping Red White's identity. I'm moving it away from the heavy reliance on equipment. I think what made Lorehold and Strixhaven so compelling as a Alakamus, well, like, the dragon. Yeah, like he was. Warhold he's awesome. Oz, he's uh, a lot of fun. Osgear, who is the yeah. Osgear is the guy who copies the well, artifacts. But, but, but again, it's artifact based. Well, they need to move based, away from well, artifacts artifact in general. I think. So like, it's a whole. It's a very different sort of yeah, deck guess. construction. I don't know. To put your mindset in that sort of, and then Alibu, again is 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 he's he is very nasty. He's nasty. So like I I like that identity coming through, being very different um, than this, um, because I find that just the red white equipment package doesn't really do anything to in, to integrate or or to, to interest my brain. Like I I know what this does. I'm like I re, so I read Jorkadine and my eyes glazed over. I'm like I don't care. And like that's like that's fair know, enough. I read it. I'm like, this looks like bad Wyleth to me. I would rather run Wyleth compared instead of Jorkadine, <laughs> and I'd run a Kiri over both of them. 
And in my in my world, I run a Kiri and Jorkadine and Wyleth all in the same brew. And because like this is That's what I do. And that, that's, <laughs> that's where what he I goes. Do. So he's going to go in red white yep. equipment decks all over the place. He's going to be a lot cheaper. He'll be a fifty cent rare. Um so don't spend this he almost eight bucks on Jorkadine. And pardon me? No, don't do it. I don't 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 do it. No, I said don't don't him, spend the money. Get like, him when he hits fifty cents as a bulk <laughs> do it. bulk rare and then slide him in your deck and mission accomplished. The nice thing for that card, like subtly, and this is a two card sort of like it's not a combo, but it's like a pseudo thing, is right, waves of on, aggression with Jorkity. Because if you draw a card, you get a land, you pitch the land. Again, this card's expensive though, so it's not a very it's budget friendly bucks. card. It's only been printed once. Okay, and so for good reason. Let's read let's read waves of aggression because people it's, may not be familiar yeah, with this because it is from Eventide. So three yeah, and then a hybrid Boros, hybrid Boros. Yes, yeah, so it's a, it's a sorcery. Untap all creatures that attack this turn. After this main phase, there's an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase. And it has Retrace. Retrace says you may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a land in and addition to, to paying its I other you hold costs. On a you keep reading that. So I gotta go and tell my Alexa to stop talking upstairs. So hold on a second. <laughs> you finish reading the card out. No worries. Yeah, so Waves of Aggression... Um, it has Retrace, which says you may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a land in addition to paying its other costs. So with Jorkadine, you would attack, you would play Waves of Aggression, you would get a card, draw another card, untap, and do it again. Um, and then if you have, like, there's a sword, Feast and Famine, which untaps all your lands, then you can do this till the end of time. Um, granted, if it's not disrupted during the line of play, um, it is a sort of silly way to win a game. Um, well, and well, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, Again, it's a cute card. On multiple it's a cute pieces, card. So, like your Morogs and your um, the the one that was yeah. exert. Yeah, all that stuff. Sa Savage beating, uh, aggravated assault. Yeah, yeah all those. I mean, all the, the card will stuff. be fine, and right. I'm I'm not excited for it, but I'm glad somebody else is because. Um, so, because I mean, well, that's <laughs> why they you. print cards, right? Because I mean, I can't pretend that every card matters to me. I, I've now pooped over a whole bunch of these cards. <laughs> Bruce, what's uh, a, what's right one now, card that you're excited for, real excited quick? Particularly. Perfect, because I was going to say whatever you were going to say. No, I was not yet. I'm say, hoping that I'm there's something more exciting coming out. up when we get the actual previews. <laughs> I mean, like I'm, I'm very, I have, like I'm kind sure. of excited for Elish Norn. But I have a lot of trepidation. Um, the other ones I think are not particularly exciting. So I'm I'm hoping that there's something else that comes that's going to be more more engaging here in short order. All right, that's the Phyrexia All Will Be One. Should we look at talk about a little bit of brawl because I know you've been playing some on Arena. I've been playing some on Arena. Uh, so much. It's terrible. I need to stop. It's like it's it's bad. I I I I don't know how many games I played the last two weeks, but okay. I I don't so, know, man. It's do, do we do, do, do we talk it's historic just brawl a lot. or do we talk about regular <laughs> brawl? So here's my here, real quick. Here's my little like reasoning behind not playing much historic and playing a lot of standard because mm -hmm. I've been drafting a lot more as well, and it's made I think it's making me overall a better Magic player. So if like 
there's one thing to take away from our long rambling session, Bruce, is like, yes. play all the formats if you can, please. Play them to diversify how you look at the game. Because, like, my good friend Terry, uh, Lefteri Terry Histofas, he, he actually, he's my, my oldest friend who plays Magic in my area. And uh, he plays a lot of Standard, and he plays a lot of Draft on Arena. So we, we, we're like an old married couple because we'll like stream together and just argue about what is the best decision in this particular sort of uh, mindset and what, what do we have to do to win this game. And we get better at it because he, he kind of evaluates cards as what they do now and I kind of evaluate them as what they can do but not necessarily what we have at the time. So we, have, we look at it sort of realistically versus like opportunistically and it actually makes us better overall. But but granted, what I'm trying to say is I play Standard Brawl because it makes me better at Commander because Commander has such a wide card pool where Historic frustrates me because of the fact that like you need to craft the cards to be able to have a great deck sometimes. Granted, that's not always the case, but I don't have enough time nor money nor the care to invest in that, and I don't want to do things if I can't play the deck as designed, if that makes sense. So like Standard, we're we're so limited by what the card pool is that like it's easier for us to make that deck than it is for oh. us to make like a historic deck that has to have five mythic rares crafted yeah. and no, ten I, rares. You know what I'm saying? I, I understand I understand granted, the it is limitations. Harder, I mean so. I've often there are decks that I would like to build that I can't build because I'm constrained by wild cards as well. So um I understand the concern and I the the the, the decks that I have built also, I do think it's very concerning on the Historic Brawl because of the fact that you have all the alchemy cards that are on there. Um, like, there's a lot, the card pool is yeah. even broader than it, it would is, be normally. Um, and, like, I was playing one guy who had access to, I don't even know what set he got them in, but he had access to, like, Moxin and, like, Broken Power. I'm like, what? Oh, like, anyway. Yeah. I won, so I didn't care. But. <laughs> <laughs> well a guy played uh, a guy played us today he played Golos and he got the Mox Amber out and I'm like okay yeah. well this game's over yeah, even before we played. started like how do I compete with I'm playing a Gruul Stompy deck and this guy's playing every access to every single removal spell in the game and when he gets Golos out he just cheats things Not out free, for free right? like yeah, you can't win that game you can't win that game yeah 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 Free so, enough. Yeah, no, I mean, Free with a discount. Couple, well, I guess they <laughs> didn't ban him in Historic, did they? Guess not. So, no, which is unfortunate. Let's, 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 sad, start, with, but hey. let's start with let's start with standard the standard Jota. brawl problem. And yeah, I feel it. like right now one of the one of the big problems with standard brawl is that when people sit down to play a game of standard brawl, um, there's an awful lot of games that are actually non games. So one side deploys a strategy, and if the other one can't. Yes immediately respond to it because their hand's a little bit slower or they didn't draw their, their key piece of removal or their, their choke. Yeah. Or you just keep so drawing you're, you're one color on and you have a two And then the deck. game is over. It's like, ridiculous. Essentially instant, instant, instantly because so many of the commanders snowball so fast, so hard that you literally have no ability to recover. Indeed. And I think the greatest example of this is just exemplifies it is Joda. When God, Agreed. I hate that card. I'm sorry. It's a mistake of a card. I like I. I went to my local LGS and there was a pod of four people playing. What? That, they were all playing Jota. And I'm like, oh yes. So, and it was just 
one of the guys made it super fair. I'm going to shout my boy out, Steve Parisi. He's been playing for a long time. Um, he plays. Uh, he makes decks with cards, but he makes it very fair, and he makes it on a budget, so he fits right in on this channel. Um, and then the other guys were playing super yeah. oppressive decks, like Planeswalker Tribal or God Tribal. So it's like you can't even can't, you can't yeah. so, can't respond. I to mean, it. Joda is 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 right there. I think Braids is horrific. Like cool. Like I love the card. Like don't get me wrong. But like Braids is going to force your opponents into a situation where they have to sack the stuff or die. Eh. Like, right. I I actually just housed the Braids guy. Okay. Because I played my Lagomo sack deck. But again, yeah. like you said, it, so, we're playing yeah, black. Like, so, where everyone's playing black now. Very clearly. So it's there's really a, there's hard a lot to of preponderance of black decks or decks with access to, to black that are running around and they are very powerful. Um, I played, I, just this past week, I played the Wednesday Brawl event, which was like a free to enter. And you got like a, if you won three times, you got like a card art. I got a, I got right. a card art for um, the Mightstone and Weakstone, which was like, cool. Like, yeah, thanks. But my, the first That's six cool. matches I played yeah. were all against black-based decks. My deck was Satsuki the Living Lore. I'm playing green-white sagas because I'm looking for something that's not meta to do. I want to do something like fun and goofy. That's why that's why I'm for playing sure. Brawl. And I would and so I'm sitting there with Satsuki and I like Satsuki. I think Satsuki is actually quite underrated. You can generate a lot of value with Satsuki. Um but all these black all these black decks just like lined up removal thump 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 my things are all dead i'm like well i i can't stop your shoulder now i lose and like it, and that's what it was so, so it took me losing six straight matches for the algorithm to figure out that my deck is garbage in comparison and i need to play i i, I need to play <laughs> so other strategies. A... Give, give me commanders <laughs> that i can actually play well then they start giving me like like white based strategies and now i can play with them i can i can play with my rel or i can play with a few other ones and i got my three wins eventually it took a long time good grief but i got there right so like right now like when there's so much preponderance of black so much focus on black as a color and they have really powerful tools and children and liliana a lot of like really inexpensive and powerful removal um you can do a lot of really gross things right. with these these things so anyway don't hu don't hugely love it as a as a concept um and think that what it does is it because of this preponderance of non-games people see the strategy and they immediately scoop yep. yeah and i don't like happened to me a to few me, times that's disappointing because like we want to i I'm, i only have so much time to spend playing arena we, we 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 take the two or three minutes to load up and get settled and we're ready we're ready to play he takes one look at my commander oh you're playing children's scoop oh yeah you're playing toxoral scoop you're playing, you're playing, you're playing Liasa, you know, scoop playing some of the other Jonah, meta x you're playing uh you're playing the ninja and commander that phases out um kato scoop you know one of the coolest off meta decks i found um a guy play against me was the mono white angels Giada. that taps to add mana for an to and it gets bigger over time. Giada, yeah, that was awesome to see because he just beat the you know, yes, indeed. 
And I was like, this is mono white. Yeah. And this is what mono white should be doing. You know what I mean? Making angels, beating people in the face. Like, so, so it was a breath of fresh air, even though I got the short end of the stick there. It was just really nice to see that that or like Chandra dressed to kill that mono red deck in standard is in brawl is like really, really good. Surprisingly, well, there we go. because it's so quick and it's so fast that you're already down by like half your life before there you can go. even play anything to respond to it. Um, so there you go. There are some answers, but you have to get the nuts draw sometimes. You have to get the right answers, which the algorithm, I think, hopefully can figure out the balance. Like, it's weird. Sometimes I'll play like top tier control decks and I'm playing a deck that can't, can't compete, yeah. like a token producing deck, you know? Or sometimes I'll play a top tier Jota deck and I'm sitting there scratching my head because this dude has so much value out on turn six. I'm like, Turn yeah. seven. I'm yeah, like, what? I'm, yeah, I'm like, the I same way. Like, I'm like, I, I can't do anything. Not, this is not fun. Like, so it's turn five and non-game. Like, I'm because I'm playing. I'm on my. F- I've played like four lands and arcane signet, and I've got like a two drop on the field on the field, and he's got a Jota followed by cascading into something else gross, and they all get pumped. They're swinging for fourteen. I'm like, oh, well, this is over. So I, I mm-hmm. have a problem with it right now. I don't know how to address it. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how. You can't. I just think you have to wait for more cards you can, to because balance out the, the, yeah. the meta. And so you're hoping that in the next in the upcoming sets, right. that the other colors get tools with which that you can counteract stuff. Or personally, I hope they ban Joda in Historic Brawl as a commander. Sorry, in uh, in, in Brawl as a commander. That would be wonderful. Well, I think I think Golos and Golos too. That'd be nice. No, he's not in Historic Brawl, which stinks. I don't understand it because you know it's so much value being generated that okay, like, you, see, can't, Historic Brawl you can't touch it. List. Oh, it's not. Py- is Python channel demonic tutor? Because it shouldn't be then if, if Golos is. is Lutri, Meddling Mage, Natural Order. Why is Natural Order bad? <laughs> Nexus of Fate, Oko, Rude Halo, Sorceress Spyglass, because Pythic Needle doesn't exist on Arena. Tainted Pact, and does it? I don't know. No, think it, does. it does. Yeah, it's, it's there. It's just banned. It's like not, it's banned in standard. I know that for a fact. You can't play it in standard brawl. But, but anyway, like, that would be a solution that I would be happy to see. For these decks, where it's like, or like Python Needle, the ETB Python Needle to isn't there, Joda. Python Needle isn't even nice. on Arena. I'm sure of it, because the ban- st- standard brawl band list. Are you sure? Is Winota, Sorceress, Spyglass, Ruined Halo, Omnath, Oko, Lutri, and Dranth Magistrate. Courtesy of the what? Yeah, because well, it's not standard legal. I'm saying, but like, the card is in Arena, but it's not. I don't think it's historic legal. I don't know. We'll see. Or but brawl, I mean. Um. Anyway, let's just see. Hold on. Okay. So that's a big deal. <laughs> well, now I want to know. Like, is this thing is this, is this thing actually like a thing? Like, I'm gonna hop on his account real quick, and I'll. Uh, so is it? I'll type it in. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is it Midnight Hunt? Yeah, it's here. It's just in oh, red. So it's, it's, it's in red. 
Which I means you can't, oh, you can't access it or whatever. Our website hasn't match, doesn't match it. Anyway. All right. Anyway. But yeah. No, I'm not a big fan of eh, like I nope, no worries. Standard Brawl has got its problems and I you know, I'm glad I played Satsuki. I'm gonna have to I wanna build a Zayatora list because I wanna throw things around at people. Um it, yeah, it's just it's, it, it can be pretty good. It runs into the problem because it's a six mana command, right? So it dies to removal and you spend eight, ten, twelve mana on it real quick yeah. and you know you lose the game because you can't stick your thing. All right. Um Historic Brawl, you don't like it. Um, I think there's a number of other of really guilty offenders there too that create non-games. Um, again, Joda, Joda is is brutal. Chulane is Chulane. awful, just just brutal to play against. Um, Shoulder too. Shoulder's nasty as I'll get out there. Um, yeah, so I think like I like Brawl in principle. Like I really do think. It's a really cool. It's really cool, and I it's like cool. historical like, because it yeah, gives me that for sure. the feeling of being playing a playing commander, and I like that. Um, but I don't love the right. fact that because it's one on one, these really high power, high ceiling um, commanders can run amok. Because in a four person pod, okay, if your commander isn't top tier, you can still be part of the game and impact. The, the the play at the table because you're playing in exactly for sure and the politics are there you know there's no politics in this it's this yeah, is one so on it's one just, it's 25 it's life raw and that's, power that's dictates what gets played and so you know like my solution to a lot of these strategies has been to play the most toxic strategies i can find where i'm going to like tempo counter control like make your life miserable to play against me and people don't and like people scoop because i again i won't let them deploy their chulane or their joda or their whatever because i'm playing riel which is a blue based strategy where i with a heavy counter component um tameshi which is Mm -hmm. same thing but it's got it's got the hard blue white control blue again component to it with multiple board wipes and and contending and yeah Exile yeah. effects and, and exile enchantments got, that come uh, back, and, then, and all and that then stuff. And the third yeah. one I've been playing is Urza, Prince of Krug, which again, blue white control with an artifact theme. And once you get loose with, with Urza making tokens of stuff, you're going to run wild. So all of them are, the, are essentially the same, the same concept. Right. And, and I lock people down because I won't let them do the Joda thing or do the shoulder thing or do the you know, whatever, Chulane thing, they all scoop because I won't let them deploy it. And I'm like, well, like, my alternative is if I let you snowball, you snowball faster than I can than I can keep up and I die, or I don't let you snowball in the outset, and then you scoop. So I don't know how this turns into games. Like, there have been very few actual games that I have played where Peter's been back and forth. No, I had a great one with a guy who was playing a uh, Grease Fang, uh, Grease Fang deck, and he had the nuts draw where he was able to bin his Parhelion in the first three turns, cast his Grease Fang, and Parhelion me for a whopping pile of damage, and I came back and beat him. Which that that was a fun game, like that was a neat challenge, and I got I got the better of him in the end, but. 
those games are few and far between. So... I played a standard match once where a guy tried to mill me out with that 7... Uh, it's like a 6-4 that mills half your library when you attack. Yeah. I took a screenshot of it. It was like, it's a terrible card. It's not a great card, but he tried to mill me out. And I oh, was playing right. Halan and Elena in Standard Brawl. And I was able to kill him with like oh, yeah. a 34-3 ballet. Yes. You know, the dude who doubles his power every time a creature enters. And I had literally one yeah, card left no. in my whole library. Well, Halan and Elena is very powerful too. <laughs> that, was, that was a game. It's a great <laughs> game. I'll send you the screenshot too. after the show's over. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Probably. I think the format is shocked. fun, but <laughs> I think it needs to uh, it needs to have some fresh infusion of some cards. Um, boundaries, boundaries, yeah, some things. And I think some boundaries, a little more maybe? pruning of the format, so to speak, particularly of the historic variety. I think the standard one is just is just, it's at the mercy mercy of the of the card pool. Um, but uh, and I think that the only way to rectify that is to right. have. Um, more cards get added to the format, um, which will happen when Phyrexia all will be one lands in a month. But until then, we're going to have to muddle on with suspect standard Brawl decks. And, uh, yeah. I always take a great pleasure in building the Uncommon decks, like with, unco- with Uncommons at their commanders. I love Lagomos. I love playing that deck. It makes me laugh. Makes me have a good time, even if I lose. Like, I like it's Naomi. just a meme of a deck. I like it seriously black, is. Black white artifact and it works. Enchantment matters card from Kamigawa. I like that one. Anyway, but um, no, I think yeah. I think yeah, I think cool. the, the historic one needs to be pruned a little bit because there's some stuff in it that's uncool um, and kind of broken in half. And then I think the standard one just is at the mercy of having a small card pool where one color in particular is very dominant right now. In the form of just black, just taking charge of you know what can and can't be played. If you're going to be successful, and if you if you're going to make the the choice to not, then you're going to lose a lot, and you have to be prepared to accept that that your non-meta deck is just going to get thumped over and over and over again. So there's always hope though right because if something breaks a meta there's always something that they'll Indeed. bring in that will Indeed. hopefully we rectify that problem it's i mean it's a cool it's a cool it's a cool yeah. format and i think people like I hey. think people don't give it a lot of credit i was watching a streamer today on twitch she was streaming streaming historic brawl and i'm like really i'll tune in and watch and then she was streaming volo and i was like oh monsters okay i got it <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say about Brawl <laughs> or anything else? Cool. All right. Let's uh, so let's put we'll, we'll circle bed, back to that. You know? We'll have you on in, <laughs> in six weeks' time and see if we if if your opinion on uh, on Brawl has changed cool. any. All right. Um. So uh, this next segment, segment three, I call For it sure. show and tell. Um. Where we, when we have a guest on, we we'll have the guest talk about their latest greatest uh, their latest greatest deck. Um. Audience, you often get my decks. But we're going to get one of Sneaky Pete's here. So um, take it away, Pete. What are we doing to... Here's a dis... Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Here's a disclaimer. Sorry, sorry, uh, Bruce. So this one isn't isn't completely budgeted because I have some pretty strong cards over 
the course of my time playing the game, but we can substitute these out for um, cards that are not $100. You know what I mean? Because I have a Force of Will in there, and I have some other strong cards like Anointed Procession or Kindred Discovery. Two, which is, two recruiters I'm glad they reprinted it because now more people can play it. Oh, I got to cut one of those then. But um, that's why it didn't look right. Okay, so I, sh I only should have yeah, one. Whatever, I must have fine. typed it in a little too quickly. Um, and so I guess I'm missing a card here. But So this, this deck was inspired by Standard because of all the soldier synergy that they have now in Brothers War. So my friend gave me Harbin as a gift after the draft we finished in person like two weeks ago. And a lot of the soldiers are super cheap, or I had them in stock. So I was like, hey, this is awesome. Like, the most expensive soldier in the whole list is Rick. And you don't even need to play Rick for this deck to be good. Um, most of the soldiers that I have in the deck list that run really well are a dollar or less. Um, the MVP of the deck, as you will, is the Sky Strike Officer, which is a house in standard, but also super good in commander because. Mm -hmm. You can draw a ton of cards with it. Um, it if it sticks, and I'm saying a big if because I think people will start re to realize how dis disgusting this card is, um, you'll get to tap your soldiers in response and draw cards and then go to your turn and kill them all with, uh, with Harbin's buff ability. Um, the deck itself just it runs a lot, of, just a lot of creatures, a lot of creatures that make value, make bodies, um, or dig for more creatures to be able to play um again it's 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 a simple it's a simple strategy right get five or more bodies out swing with harbin yeah. kill two opponents kill an opponent um it's nothing nothing too crazy i i definitely could cut some of the more expensive cards we could totally make this a 200 a list that would that would actually do something you know what i mean like it, we're just lucky i think that most of the cards in the list are mm, under a dollar, yeah. so they are affordable. They're thirty cents. You know, like as you can see, yeah, I need to obviously fix that little error that I typed up quickly today. I really but, like the list. Um, so, I, I, again, what do you like, think I, of the like, list, Bruce? I really, I really focus on the fact that the core of the deck is predominantly creatures that are available and are and are and are nice and affordable. Um, I really like that. I think that makes it a real uh, cohesive strategy, but one that's not going to break your butt, break your bank. And so you can build a core of this deck for a reasonable price. And so then you're going to supplement and you can take out the more expensive pieces with other complementary pieces. So instead of a Rick Steadfast Leader, you can play, you know, something else in its place that can be uh, a meaningful and impactful card. Um, so like, yeah, here's an example, right? Avacyn is a very expensive card. It's an angel that gives everything say, like, probably... indestructible. Yeah, you could use yeah. Unbreakable Formation, for example, as like a strictly worse, but yet better in other situations for your strategy, you yeah. know? So or you can, instead Audric of Rick, you run Audric, Lunark Veteran. Because you have so many of these, right. of, these, of these abilities on these creatures, like you could then, like, Audric would be a great, a great option. Um, so looking at your, at your instant sorceries, um, there, you've got some interesting ways to protect your stuff, like a t test protection, an eerie interlude. Um, I would probably a uh, flawless maneuver. I would add a few more, I think, um, uh, in terms of like make a stand oh, yeah. and uh, things of that ilk. Um, but 
I like. I think all in all, it looks very good. Um, I mean, I would be a little bit cautious with the amount of ramp that you're running or lack thereof. But if your mana curve is pretty low, then it's usually circum. You can you can get around it. Um, so yeah, like I, I think the deck is a is a really good place to start for lots of people. I love the inclusion of a legion loyalty. I think that is just hilarious. That would be I'd laugh hysterically with that card in play. So I've windmill slammed that before when everyone's board is like um just they've tapped out their mana and I'm just looking at them and I go, oh. Okay, you're gonna you guys are all about to yeah. get yeah. smited by a bunch of weenies, a bunch of two twos. You know what I mean? Because they look at it and they're like, Oh, oh. So like a really cool synergy with the Legion with the Legion card is okay. that rescue retriever. Because Myriad sees it, and it get they actually give everything counters, and they all get like plus three, okay. plus three let's, on let's top of Harbin. So it's this. like a three super white, sneaky white, way. Three, three. Flash, yeah, dog right. soldier. I'm excited. counter on each other soldier you control. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to other attacking soldiers you control. That plus a Legion loyalty means everyone's dead. Like, they're just going to die. That's over. That's over. Yes. That's great. Indeed. Or like one of my, one of, yeah, and one of my yeah. favorite includes right now is Denik, Pious Apprentice, yeah. because of the fact that he's so hard to kill, and when he flips, he you know he ultimately helps Absolutely. our strategy even more well, being think, a basic creature. Denik's region. been a very big problem for me when I've been playing him on when I've encountered him on arena. I can imagine he would be equally problematic in this instance as well. So. No, I'm. Uh, I'm. I, I like the deck, and I mean, I. I, I don't look too much at the price tag because I understand the price tag is totally dependent on a bunch of things. Um, you know, like you. You most of us wouldn't sure. run an ancient tomb. Um, you know, you don't have to run a cavern of souls. You know, you can do any of that. You know, you can. No, you, you don't, don't have, have to, to run a Rick, a uh, recruiter of the guard, uh, Esper sentinels, like. There's ways to draw cards. Like you could have a mentor of the meek in this list. You could replace mentor of the meeks in there. Um, welcoming there. vampires like, in there as well. Like the, the, the farmhand um, that makes that cost land out of your deck. Like there's things you can switch out that are cheap and keep people. Yeah, you know, of course. Yeah, for budget for budget reasons, like I would cut all the expensive cards and run. A bunch of soldiers yeah. that are just tribally themed. Like there's a there's a cycle out there that's pretty cheap. Uh, they're like yeah. twenty cents each. Uh, the gust cloak cycle of of creatures. They're bird soldiers that are evasive in combat. You know, yeah. or like you can run both Audricks. Um, there are ways to get around this. And granted, I probably will do some tweaking now that we've talked about this list because I really think that I I don't need thirty seven lands. I should definitely cut down at yeah. least one or two because the curve itself is incredibly low um mm -hmm. and i find that i can get lands yeah. pretty quickly so with all the card draw so yeah it's it's nice to do i played soldiers and standard and i actually went came in second in my local draft for the first uh, draft i did for brothers so i was like hey i i, I kind of want to turn this into commander deck because soldiers have mm -hmm. been one of the oldest tribes in magic's history as well so there's some pretty cool stuff out there there's a guy called 
Um, yeah. Well, there's Catapult Master, which is in the list, which is just a really interesting little removal sort of tech. There's another guy that says tap two soldiers, deal two damage yeah. to target attacking or blocking creature, which is kind of cool. Um, I forget what that card is named. There's a card I found recently just looking at budget ways to protect my board. Harsh Mercy from Onslaught which is a sorcery, and it's it says each player chooses a creature type, destroy all creatures that aren't of a type chosen this way. They can't be regenerated. Nice. And that's a three-mana sorcery. It's like a Wrath of God, but go. it's only no, a lot, there's a lot, I, I like the deck. So, there's lots of interesting nice. interesting stuff to, to look at. Uh, sort of a refreshing way to build a blue-white deck to taking a more assertive approach rather than like, I whenever I built, like I was talking about, like I build blue-white decks, they turn into... Yeah, it's like toxic control. You can't is... do anything. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and like, I've done like it too. I'm guilty of it too, Bruce. I certainly am. Get after your opponents and get yeah. them dead. Um, and uh... so, like one of my good my my good friend Terry, who we we play a lot together on the arena, he always says, "Well, what's proactive versus reactive?" And I think that's a great way to look at a deck build as well. Do you want it to be proactive or reactive? And if you're being reactive. Are you going to make it, you know, terribly, mm -hmm. I right. guess, unfun for Absolutely. the rest of the pod? There's oh, a consideration. I think it's, uh, I think it's a nice, right. nice take on things, and uh, we won't, won't look too closely at the price tag because the price tag does not actually represent what this deck would be worth if you were to, to build it yourself. Because lots of ways to make this fit whatever budget you're looking to make right. this fit. So I think it's... Bruce, I'll send you a list in the next few days, just a budget version. I think there would it'd be nice to have one, and I think I should do it and do it justice because that's kind of how I had planned on it originally, and then I ended up proxying the more expensive cards that I own, but didn't, you know, I'm not going to spend $100 no, again on a, understand. on a piece of cardboard I, if I can help myself. <laughs> we'll holding many see. decks around me and like looking at the proxy <laughs> cards that I've now just accepted that I, this is now part of playing Commander. Um... Thank you, 30th anniversary product. Um, right. <laughs> well, we, we could, uh, we could, we'll talk we about could that another time, too, because we, we should probably think, blast think, that, too. Uh, I was, to sum up where my thoughts on that, I think it's been, that what it has done, is found it very liberating, where I, before I, had, I was very self-conscious about proxies, and now I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Wizards doesn't care yeah. enough to, about it, that they produce their own non-tournament legal proxies. I shouldn't worry about it particularly either. So uh, obviously I'd prefer to have the real legitimate article if I can, but like when underground C's are $800 a card, I'm like, mm, no, how about no? How about I get a proxy? that's $3. It looks nice. It's got an interesting art style on it. It looks like a card. It feels like a card. It's just not printed by wizards of the coast, but there's no mistaking it as anything other than, an underground sea because that's what it's written as a title and has art depicting an underground sea so i like it. it makes it makes me happy um and gives me something incidentally folks if you're ever curious you can ask me underground sea done in the style of the japanese artlands from kamigawa think about it think about it and tell me that doesn't make you sound oh that sounds hot i kind of want it so anyway yeah. For every for every underground sea that's played, there's 
there you know there's a 50 cent option that does the oh, same yeah. thing you know what i mean like you don't I, there's a bunch of guys that i play with in the local area that literally have um multiple multiple copies of each because they have a ton of money and they have nothing to do better What's to do nice? with it than just to spend it on expensive cardboard and i have no problem beating them in the dirt with yeah, my no, for sure. 50 cent I mean, cards. So. Your, your, your Demir <laughs> is... with the word scratched Great. off with, uh, with underground C does, does, work, does work too. So. <laughs> <laughs> for, I, I had a guy who was joking around with me this, this past week when I was playing. He goes, fix your paper inside your sleeves because I had printed out um, like the yeah. proxy from a printer and it was a little too tall for the card sleeve so I had to like trim it down but it was funny because it stuck out of one of the cards when I was shuffling and he was like he was laughing at me because he had played since you know 96 um, you know and he was just he thought it was funny that I don't care like I really don't care I'd rather we just play the game there you know than, than really worry about All right, budget, we've so. been around this a long time Moving on a long time, so let's let's wrap up. Um, Thanks for well, having me. It's been great having you on there, Pete. Um, if people <laughs> want to get a hold of you, I know you're not big into social media. How would someone get a hold of you if they wanted to reach out to you? There we go. Ah, smoke signals. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, no, I <laughs> I have an email. I'll I'll drop it on here. Um, it's Pete McCoolis M O U k-o-u-l-i-s at gmail.com just shoot me a line if you'd like to talk about magic i am on discord i'm on the lotus council i'm on a few other really nice discords that i've been a part of for the last few years and arena um i'm on there i'm not going to give my buddy's account name out because I, I want permission from him okay. first because we share the account but um i'm on there i like i if you need to reach out to me, you can reach out to me through Discord as well. I'm, or you can direct it. I'm pretty active, you know, so get a hold of me and I, <laughs> hey, I want to talk to that Pete guy. I'll help you out. Um, all right, so that's going to wrap up this week's show. Thanks very much, Pete, for joining us. Um, if you want to get a hold of us here on the show, um, I love to get email. I love to get uh, people asking me questions. So you can email me at the Epic Experiment Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, that is in the show notes. You can click right there and send me a message. If you want to hit me up on uh, Elon Musk's Twitter, you can find me at, at EpicEXPCast. Uh, also, that is in the show notes. If you want to find any of the decks, so the list that Pete shared with us, I will, I will be uploading to our Moxfield account. Look up the Epic Experiment podcast, uh, all one word, as our username, so you can find all of the decks from this week, last week, or any other week. Uh, if you want to ask a question, leave a comment, like, follow, subscribe, whatever, wherever you listen to us on whatever app you are choosing to do it on, please, you know, interact with us, get the word out there that we are here and we are making content, talking commander all the time with everybody. Love to get, love to hear from people. Uh, next week, um, hopefully things are more back to normal and uh, Lux will be back. I am sure it'll be something fun to talk about. I've also got a cool Alundo deck I want to talk about, so there's things to talk about even next week. Um, but until next week, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off, wishing you all the best wherever you next play match. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Bye.